This hard-hitting title has become a global phenomenon. Today I'm talking about Squid Game. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i am talking about squid game which is a south korean import that has um that was released on netflix not too long ago and has become insanely popular it is perhaps the most watched new program i believe in netflix history and has already you know nfl players are you know popular athletes are already referring to it and yeah, I thought, I mean, I, and then of course it got to the point where if I didn't watch it, I would just be silly. So I made a point of, of watching it, really liked it. And there's a lot of the, a lot of the reasons I like it are the same reasons a lot of other people liked it, uh, including, you know, the visual storytelling elements of it, how uh, it's no holds bar take on class disparity and, you know, kind of what desperation, you know, how, um, Essentially, wealth inequality makes people so desperate, so on and so forth. But what I wanted to do today was to go through it. It's a nine-episode series, and I wanted to go through episode by episode to emphasize why I think every episode in this series is necessary and has a distinctive point, whether it's a narrative purpose, a thematic purpose, or a character purpose. And I wanted to address all of them. So that's what we're doing today. And we'll start with episode one. So episode one is where we kind of get the entire premise of the series. Um, spoilers ahead for the entire show, by the way. But so the so our first episode is called Red Light, Green Light. And it starts with Gihon, who is our for all intents and purposes, our protagonist, we have a number of lead characters, but he's kind of the point of view character. He's the character we're with the most, and we're kind of within his perspective on things throughout the game. And so when we meet him, he, he seems like a bit of a loser. He, he clearly, he's basically borrowing money his mom doesn't really have to bet uh, to do betting. Uh, he, he is indebted to loan sharks and has a very strange relationship with his daughter and his ex-wife. And so when he's had a very rough day after uh, a gambling win, all of his winnings have gone missing or were stolen rather, he plays a game of chance for money um, and actually loses a ton of times in a row before he finally wins. And then he's offered another opportunity to play a game, a similar game of chance, or at least a, a, you know, a child's game for a chance of winning an absurd amount of money. So an amount of money that would, in effect, pay all of his debts and change his life. So he goes, uh, he's, there's a number of other people, including a, a formerly wealthy businessman from his neighborhood, um, from his old childhood neighborhood, and they're all knocked out put into tracksuits in this big old, big, like, kind of old camp-style warehouse dormitory area, and then they are, you know, so then, but everybody is, they all agree to sign a contract, and the, they lay out, they lay out the rules, and it says basically that if you don't, if you don't follow the rules of the game, you are eliminated, and then you, the game can end at any time with a majority vote, and that's, those are the basic gist. There's only three rules. So it begins with what seems to be very simple. It's a game of red light, green light. 
and it's indicated by this kind of it what becomes terrifying looking robot doll and the general gist is that you know it's just it's just red light green light it's pretty straightforward it's when it's green light you can proceed to the the line you have 15 minutes to get to the line and then when it's a red light you know you're you're stopped and if if you're stopped you're eliminated and everything is going as expected until the nature of the game and the entire series essentially is revealed which is that if when they say eliminated they mean killed and this entire and that's what this entire operation is so the first person is shot there is kind of a shockwave that goes through a ton of people and then there is panic and it is this is honestly the make or break moment i think for a lot of people in the show if you can handle what happens next you should be able to handle the rest of the show it is still emotionally taxing but that's what it is and so many and basically over over half the the people uh, there's over 400 of them over half the people are killed um, you know and then gihon is at one point saved by by somebody and then an, at another point his childhood friend Sangwoo gives him basically a method of surviving the game and they finally finished they finally finished the game so the game is finished and everybody is a bit is understandably traumatized and that's the end of the episode is basically the game ends and now we have a good idea as to what this game actually entails and the reason this is you know this is kind of the major exposition episode but it also lays out a number of the ideas and themes that the show will continue to address so obviously it is shown that based on <laughs> based on Jihun's um, you know, Jihun's experience that they are intentionally picking desperate people, people who are also willing to essentially gamble their future on a potential, you know, they're kind of, it's a trick. And that's the emphasis that I think a lot of people would be like, oh, it's like Hunger Games. It's actually kind of worse. Um, the Hunger Games is meant as like spectacle as control, but Squid Game is opportunity it's actually manipulation disguised as opportunity of people who are the most the most vulnerable and so that's what that's what this first game lays out it's just the how horrific this is and so it's just kind of how and also basically how easy it's this was pulled off that's the frightening thing it's just the scope of it is so big and so there's very horrific scenes where a number of players are trying to escape they all run even though it's red light and they are they are all gunned down basically trying to exit and that's why over half the people are killed right away it's very unceremonious there's no emotion to it it is just very matter of fact well you lost the game aka life so you lose your life so it's very straightforward and we un and we also see that it to survive these games it's not just going to be you need to be in peak physical condition but you also need the people around you and strategy so that's kind of these are the breadcrumbs that this first episode is laying out. And it also leads us to the second episode, which I think is actually the, the show's most important. It's not the most impactful, but it is the most important. And the second episode is just called Hell, I believe. Yeah, it's just called Hell. And this this is the episode where they all the players who survived get back and they are in an uproar. And then there is they realize that there's a discussion um, and so they, they realized, like, hey, remember that contract clause? We can end the game with a majority vote. Let's take a vote of everybody here. Um, and they're told they can do that and that money will be sent to everybody who was killed. 
but that the everybody who survived will get nothing. And so what happens is some tense discussion between people and then kind of laying out, oh, this is why you were chosen. You're all in very bad positions. We chose you very intentionally. Nobody here is innocent or everybody here came on willingly. And so, again, it's all manipulation. But then they agree to vote just narrowly by one, one vote decides it, uh, player one. Uh, player one decides it, and then everybody goes back to their lives. And we see how the three, a number, basically a number of our favorite players, the, the four main ones that we follow, including Jihan, Song Wu, and then uh, player uh, 199 and player 067, they all, um, yeah, so the, the one guy is named, let's see, sorry, is, uh, yeah, is Kong, and then another guy's name is Abdul. And so those two, those two along with the others, they kind of go back to their lives, and it's not better. It's, it, you know, their problems are still there. Just because they've had this brush with death doesn't mean that their debts are gone. You know, in Song Wu's case, he's got criminal investigation coming at, and, uh, you know, it kind of puts the image that he has with his mother at odds, and Jihan realizes that his mom is now needs surgery because she has untreated diabetes, and you know Jihan even comes across uh, the player that uh, player zero one who he uh, the player one basically and realizes that oh okay I need to you know he who says ah, I think I'm gonna go back and we'll get to that scene later because again it's very it's a very telling scene later on but it's kind of like yeah I think I'm, I'm thinking of going back I've got a brain tumor and I want to play in the game rather than dying so that's that's so basically our four core people go through all of this they go back to their lives where they have nothing or are in pursuit or desperately need money and they all decide that they are going to go back and you know for instance abdul he and, and some of them are in a situations where they don't even have any other options so song Wu. um Song Wu base is going to be arrested if he doesn't go, <laughs> so he needs to do that. Abdul sends off his family with money that he took from his work supervisor, so now he no longer has a job and he injured his supervisor, so now he has to go. And if so, everybody decides to go. Everybody decides to go back. But the one key thing here, and one thing I kind of glossed over, is that now a policeman whose brother. May, may uh, he, whose brother was involved in this game is now pursuing, is now trying to figure out what's going on. He's following the staff that pick everybody up because Jihan, he's basically, Jihan went to the police and tried to report them and it found out that there's no real way, there's no connection, there's no phone calls, nobody even believes him because he's also, he's exactly the kind of person that's very easy to not believe. So that's, that's how it goes. And so, so then we move on to episode three, and we've seen, like I said, in episode three, everybody kind of knows what's going on, and everybody starts to kind of make little teams and little groups because they understand what's at stake, and we also start to see that some people are trying to game the system. There is one guy, you know, there are people who are trying to see what's going on. You know, one of the girls who was a North Korean defector gets into an air vent and takes a look and sees that they're melting sugar, so she's not quite sure what it means. And then Song Wu, and then Song Wu also hears about this from uh, another player who's a doctor. We discover how he's getting information later. And so all of this is is going is going on. 
And what they find out that the game is basically, it's called, I don't know the exact name of it. It's called uh, Dalgona, I guess. And it's, uh, or it's from a Dalgona. And it's, the game is called Popogi or something like that. I, I'm, I apologize in advance for any uh, poor pronunciations of North Korean uh, terminology. But it's, the idea is that you have to remove a shape from a honeycomb. And that there are, there are a number of shapes and there's there's four shapes but they're all but some of them are easier than others and the most difficult one is the umbrella and that's what Ji-hun gets and we and that's what Ji-hun gets and he barely figure and he barely escapes by figuring it out by basically figuring out there's an outline and he can instead of chipping away with a needle as most of them have been he can get out by he can get out uh, get it out safely by licking the back of it, letting it melt at the edges, and then pulling it out. And that's how he's able to do it. So the game ends, again, they, they typically lose it, lose about 50, if not more, 50%, uh, if not more. So everybody, all, everybody of our four mains and all of the people, you know, kind of the name characters finished, but one guy loses his kind of loses, is not, not accepting the results, takes a staff member hostage, takes tells the staff member to take off his mask it's revealed to be a kid but then both parties are killed by the front man he's a guy in black most of the uniforms are all pink by the staff and he says that it's like this is what you get for revealing your identity and that's the end of the episode so the main the main thing here is that there's two there's a number of things here again this is kind of laying things out it's kind of it provides a number of intriguing elements that will show up later or start to reveal people's character later so we see that you know we see that some of the some of the characters are make alliances out of necessity or they just kind of bounce around or that one player is actually gaming the system but we also learn about sang Wu, and sang Wu has already shown us once at least that he is more interested in himself than other people and this one kind of confirms it and kind of shows that he has this mercenary attitude to what is a mercenary game, but he has this mercenary attitude. And so he recognizes what the game is, but he doesn't tell his teammates and he lets Jihan pick Umbrella and he keeps stopping himself from, it looks like he's about to say something, but he doesn't. And that all is very telling because to some extent you can tell deep down he realizes that the more people that pick umbrellas, which is the most difficult shape, the more people that will die and the better chance he has of winning. So that's that's what the, that's what the point of this episode is. And so a lot. And then we also are getting little bits of lore as to we start to see how people were gassed, how they get in. They go through the entire process of how they actually get to the island, how they're undressed and put in their tracksuits and then put, you know, and then eventually wake up. So we're kind of getting an idea of all the effort and clear amounts of money and resources that it takes to even get this done. So that's what's, that's the main takeaway is that just the scope of this and how many people are involved and then all of the relationships and how they're either developing or deteriorating. And that episode is episode three, which is the man with the umbrella, which is of course referring to Jihan. So, so that's so that's episode three. And then episode four, we st we start to move into kind of it's truly like Lord of the Flies, dog eat dog type of stuff. So we find out that one of the players is. We find out one of the players is a disgraced doctor who's actually working to uh, harvest organs to sell in the black market. 
in return for information about the upcoming games. And then we also find out at this point, there's not a, basically the end of this game. They've been handing out food. It's been a substantial amount. This time they hand out just a very small amount. And it may look, at, at, at first it kind of just looks like, well, whatever. But then they real, but then somebody cuts the line, gets a second thing of food, and then, and then which causes a kerfuffle. And the guy that stole food is is a like a violent gangster. He's just like whatever, tough tough shit. And then the organization staff says that's all the meals there are. You have to deal with what there is. Confrontation happens, and this and then someone is killed by the gangster. He's killed by you know the guy who confronts the gangster is then killed. Which tells us and everybody, the staff are not going to help anybody out of the game. Like once they're once the light, so once the lights go out, it doesn't matter. And it's actually told that this is this is, and basically it indicates that this is not just being encouraged, but it's also just being like they're just letting it happen. And so the lights go out. It's a violent riot. Turns out, I would say at this episode. Um, they mentioned there's a strobing effect in some of the episodes. This is, in particular, is the episode. So lights are flashing, a bunch of people start to start to ki- you know start to kill each other, and then our core group of four kind of all just hang around each other and manage to fend people off. They don't kill anybody, or at least not intentionally. I don't believe anybody does so intentionally, and they all just kind of fend each other off. And so that's that's what that's what happens. And so so it's this giant melee and. They finally, finally the lights come up. They kind of tell everybody to stop because basically because the herd has been thinned to the number that they want. And at this point, uh, at this point, they, um, you know, they're, they're then preparing for the next game. And this episode, by the way, is called Stick to the Team. So everybody's sticking to their own team. They're going and killing people and everybody's trying to figure out what to do. So stick to the team. And then... We find out what the next, and then so everybody is, they're always vague about what the next game is, so a lot of people are trying to game the system, and that's why knowing what the game is going to be is such an advantage. So the doctor meets up with the gangsters and says, hey, I know what the next game is going to be, let me join your team so I can help you with this information, and then we can all win and move along. So now our ragtag team is there, and they are perhaps not ideal for any game because they have the most women, and they also have uh, player 001, who is an old man. So they go, so they go through. They're told they go through into the next room, and they're told to uh, form teams of ten. And this is where the selection process happens. And the basically our group, who's already stuck together, has been like, you know, there's a lot of people. Song Wu again is leaning into this, you know, kind of mercenary attitude. Like we need to go. Everybody needs to go and find men, and then we need to find, you know, as all the, you know, all the strongest people that we can because we have enough, you know, women, and we've got an old man as well, and that's that's too much. We're already at a major disadvantage, and that's what they do. And sure, and Song Wu's fears are confirmed when they when the next game is revealed to be tug of war. And in particular, it's tug of war that when one party wins, the other party will be essentially dropped and killed by falling from a great height. So because their end of the rope, they're going to fall off a platform and be killed. And it's kind of put on this very, (laughs) very industrial looking stage. And it's terrifying. So 
so the so the first team so the first team is the gangsters team full of all these strong guys that just simply bowl over their opponent and win easily and they're kind of giving the eyes to Jihan's team who are you know a bunch of not like a bunch of regular guys and this but the key element here is that is that uh the old man, 001, he he actually has a strategy for how to win tug, tug of war against opponents with more strength. And he's and so that's what this is all about. So he gives them just a piece of information. It's like a full strategy. He says, oh yeah, I used to use this as a kid and go on. And so, so they start to use the strategy and initially it works, but then it starts to go a little bit south. And that's when the episode ends. And that's why you can't really, you just got to keep going through the series once you get started. So that's stick to the team. And the, the reason that I like episode four so much is because it, episode four is kind of where it, the, if it already, if it wasn't obvious already, where the inhumanity of the setup is really highlighted like i think a lot of people would be like okay it's really you know awful that they um you know that they put people through this and all that but at least it's fair maybe you know you might have some idea but there's nothing to discourage everybody's worst impulses and the games are not specifically designed to be just you know random you know random games of skill or mental you know a into you know intuition or something like that or even chance like this is a literal <laughs> They literally just let people kill each other because it'll thin the numbers and it's been encouraged because they've actually doled out the resources to be less, which in turn creates more conflict because some people will want to take more food and then other people won't have any. And it's like, oh, this is just a microcosm for for extreme capitalism and class disparity again. So that's what it is. And that's where the violence comes from in the first place, is especially once it's been revealed that nothing will happen if the violence is carried out. And then also because it brings out the worst in people when they're asked to compete. It's like, well, I don't want women. I don't want old men. You know, I don't want anybody who's different. You know, even Song Wu tells Abdul when he's walking around to grab somebody. He Abdul has an injury on his hand. Um, he has like fingers that have been like parts of his fingers that have been cut off. And he's told like, hide that. Don't hide that. You don't want to seem weak, even though Abdul has shown himself to be physically very capable and very strong. So that's what this episode is all about. And then we move to episode five, which is A Fair World. And A Fair World is, it's not the, it's not the emotional climax, but this is one of the best episodes in terms of kind of just filling in the blanks about how everybody got to way that got to where they are. And so we find out, so we watch Jihan's team win, uh, thanks to the old man strategy. And then Song Wu comes up with a quick idea and then they decide that, you know, they know that, you know, the gangster team is probably going to come after them. So they take turns like watching overnight. They make a barricade. They make a barricade. But everybody seems too emotionally exasperated to really do anything. And this at this point, Jihan, he flies kind of in his memory. He goes back to an incident 10 years ago and you get images and it just looks like he was at the riot squad. And he's having flashbacks to where he made barricades and things like that. And what we realize is that despite what we've seen from Jihan being a, seeing, but from all accounts, being a nice and affable guy, but a bit of a loser, is that he, this all happened to him because he was trying to do the right thing and that he had a good job at an auto plant 
and that there was the these massive layoffs and he was protesting it to support his fellow workers and basically they the police were called in they beat him all up it was it was a thing that briefly made the news and then it went away but this is why jihan hasn't had a job in forever and that's why his life kind of fell apart and that's why his wife said oh he made a decision why his wife makes so like not veiled reference made some references to him like kind of making a wrong choice years ago that was the choice he did he essentially stood up for other people and that's what's so <laughs> that's what's so difficult that's what's so difficult and so we so we're getting more backstory about jihan and so you kind of get the idea that a lot of the people involved in it with these kinds of situations you know they're sharing a lot with each other you get the impression that this is something that happened to a lot of them very similar things now the lone exception to this i would say is song Wu, who it's pretty clear that he basically just took a bunch of goodwill and a bunch of other people's money uh but that's that's something we'll get to in a bit but you you definitely get the impression that a lot of people are not in this situation due to any major mistake or something that would be considered a mistake only if you think taking like for instance taking a moral stand for your fellow auto workers is a mistake which i don't so that's kind of what it's getting at, and that's kind of the cruel irony of a fair world. Uh, something that comes up again when the the staff who are running this organ harvesting unit, they all kind of get into a big fight, and it's witnessed by the undercover cop who is now, who is now per, uh, impersonating one of the staff and moving around and trying to figure out what's going and trying to figure out what's going on, how this works, and and all of that. And so, it's very it's very telling that all of that all of the people that you know basically they're told that oh running this organ harvesting not a big deal but you <laughs> you harmed the sanctity of this game and they're killed for that they're not killed for organ harvesting dead bodies of people who were killed in this horrific game and this is also where we get a piece of information that's we get kind of just more teasery plot information that this is not the first game that the game John uh, Ho discovers he goes through the head guy's office and he finds uh, this this room of records and he finds that the game has been running for 30 years unbeknownst to everybody and that his brother who he's been looking for and b believes was just killed and, and had his organs harvested was the winner in 2015 so this, so this particular episode kind of lays out just basically what le leads people to get here and kind of puts out the cruel irony of like, oh, this is one thing that's supposed to be fair. And it definitely has payoffs later, but it also introduces the idea that, you know, when people have been talking about how the series could potentially come back, is specifically referencing... Uh, the 20 you know this 2015 game how it how it played out whether it was the same games whether it was different i don't know so we'll see from there and then we get to episode six which is which is uh ganbu which is deemed by most people just the most heartbreaking episode of the series i wholeheartedly agree uh it is basically just the you know the knife is already in for this series but now this is just the major twist of it and so the and so the base basically we we kind of pick up where we left off with the last episode we see that the conspirators uh the people who are organ harvesting and also kind of pulling the strings in the game um or by giving out information have been killed they're hung up to tell everybody hey this is you're, you're playing for a fair chance and so that so now um 
it's everybody is, is joined up again and they are told that they need to pick a partner for the next game and everybody <laughs> and so they're, they're told they need to pick a partner for the next game and some people are having a lot of uh you know difficulty choosing because they either they're not sure if somebody wants to pair up with them there's a lot of interpersonal tension and you know song Wu, for instance picks up dual abdul right away because he's like hey you're big and strong we'll make a good team together hey be my friend um which is clearly again a very mercenary move because he believes they're going to be working together and jihan is is very torn for most is very torn for a while because the the old man uh 001 who hasn't doesn't remember his name still and um doesn't remember his name still uh is basically like nobody's nobody's coming up to him nobody's looking to pair with him and then the girls are kind of upset because nobody wants to pair with a woman so there there's this a lot of this little tension and people trying to figure out who's going to be their best you know best possible teammate and then they're told they're opened up and it's kind of in this it looks like like almost like a like a play like a sandbox mixed with ruins and they're told that they're actually playing against each other they're playing a game of marbles against each other and that they each have 10 and they're playing against each other and whoever loses will be killed and each group goes about this very differently in a very kind of character revealing way and it's some in some cases it's characters revealing more about themselves either in terms of their history and or how they ended up here and in other times it's basically kind of what this game is pressuring them to do so for jihan and the old man it's very it's super heartbreaking because jihan is losing very very badly and then and then he, he is so afraid of losing his life that he then begins to use what he use the old man's you know fading memory against him to try to and turn the tables on the other side we have uh, abdul ali and song wu is working with ali he's getting creamed he's getting to, he's getting to the point where he's he's very angrily telling ali that He's very angrily telling Ali that he must be cheating if he's winning like this, especially because he's never played before. Uh, but the two girls uh, decide to talk to each other, and they say, we're just going to play once. It's not going to be a big deal. And that's where that's where we learn a lot about them. We find out one was, you know, she killed her, her dad for killing her mom. She ended up in jail, and she woke up with all of her dad's debts after she got out of jail, basically. So they're sharing with each other, and she decides that she doesn't have anything to live for. While this other, you know, the other girl who has family that she's looking to get in from North Korea, um, whom she, which is part of the reason she has debts and is trying to get her brother out of an orphanage, it has more to live for. So she intentionally throws her game and lets, lets her uh, Sabayuk, who is... Uh, go and and win so it's a sacrifice for kind of a greater good and saying like hey just remember me let let me go on very so that's one tragedy song Wu is playing with ali getting creamed and we see that there's conflict and he seems to have a change of heart where he's like hey it's okay i know you're not a cheater i'm sorry it's just this game and then he starts talking to ali and convincing him that, hey, we just need to get somebody else to give us their marbles. Like, I've, I found a way to game this system. 
and there it's this gut-wrenching scene where Ali is been going has been going around and is basically trying to talk to other people like hey do you, can I talk to you can I talk to you can I talk to you at which point Sangwoo reveals that he tricked Ali into giving him into filled up Ali's bag with rocks instead of marbles and now he has all 20 marbles and he walks away coldly as Ali is killed and then then we have the final game between Jihan and and the old man who who seems to be like going off the path and doesn't seem to want to play anymore realizing he has one marble left and then he says he agrees to play with Jihan and also reveals that he knows that Jihan has been cheating and he Jihan is devastated by this and he just goes okay fine we'll play one we'll play one more time and we'll see you know winner take all like the old man suggests and the old man decides to say hey I'll, I'll just give you my marble I've had a good life thank you for being my friend and and uh he he says earlier he called him Ganabu which is it's like kind of like best friend like childhood best friend best buddy and you know just saying like oh this is you know this is something you do to your Ganabu right uh when he reveals he knows he's being tricked but then he also says, like, well, I want to do this for you because you are my friend. And Jihan is just, it's absolutely gut-wrenching. It is terrifying to him. And and then he just tearfully walks away as the old as the old man is shot. And all he sees is a gunshot. So our three main people, you know, the only way people get out of this is tragedy. And that's why this particular episode is so rough. And... Again, this is the one that really twists the knife because it's an episode that intentionally uses everybody's instincts against them, uh, whether it's this connection, you know, Jihan picked the old man because he didn't want him to be alone. He didn't want him to feel ostracized or forgotten. He felt like he had an obligation to him, both because he helped at the start of war, but also because he's been with this guy the whole time. And now he's being set up to put in a situation where he almost feels like to save his own life, he feels like he has to trick this man just because, you know, that that's the only way or that, you know, this guy doesn't have long to live anyway because he has a brain tumor. So, you know, there's this this very cold math that goes into it because there's only one winner in this, this scenario. So if you can't, again, just twisting the knife more and more. But also once again revealing the song like Song Wu's inhumanity that he's progressively losing more and more of. Everybody's losing their humanity as they get through the game, but Song Wu is his impulses are becoming more and more clear, even if nobody can release really, even if nobody really witnesses this event besides him and Ali. So that's episode six. And if you want to pick your heart up off the floor, you go to VIPs. And at this point, we find out they've been referenced before. We now we now find that there are uh, VIPs from all all across the world. Uh, they're mostly white, as far as I can. They're all white, as far as I can tell. And there's a bunch of people who view the games, and there are guys who view the games remotely and bet on them. And a lot of and so they're all they all wear masks to some extent to conceal their identity. And so we're kind of getting a bigger idea as to how this game is maintained. Uh, you know, just there's a lot of money that goes into it, and John Ho is uh, poses as one of the servants, and then tries to get a tries to get a confession out of one of these guys. Now you'll note that uh, one thing that you'll note is that fans of the show note that the VIPs, the acting is 
not good. And I agree, and I cannot tell if it's an I can't tell if it's an acting problem or if it's a direction problem or what. Because I think to some extent it's because perhaps it was, I don't know if the creator is, uh, which is uh, Huang Dong-hook, uh, who I can't, because he wrote and directed the whole series, and I can't tell if this is a translating to English problem or if it's an acting not matching the type problem. So idea, I understand what they represent. They're supposed to be gross. They're supposed to be, you know, just hedonistic and awful, but they don't it doesn't really work because the tone and line delivery for everybody else is so measured and the acting is so measured. And when it does go over the top, it takes a crescendo to get there or it comes from a character who even crescendos to get there. Every character, even like the violent gangster and the like the female hothead, it all takes them a while to get there. So I think it's just a clash of acting style with the general somber tone and, and despite the, the violence is actually the outburst in this show, it's not actually the acting most of the time. So it, or it's a reaction to the violence that causes the outburst. So they're brought in to watch the next game, which is, looks like it's taking place in a circus tent. And it's essentially, it's a, it's a you know, hopping over panels Thing. And so it's it looks like it's like a trapeze artist type thing. But what we discover is, you know, they've got this random, seemingly random decision to make about numbers. So they each grab a number and they're then told that it's the order that they're going to go in. So a lot of people are deciding whether or not to go. But when they see the game, they realize that going either last or in the middle is actually preferred. A lot of people just decided on the middle right away. Song Wu, no surprise there. Uh, <laughs> no surprise there. But they they discover that basically it's you have for each person they have to hop uh but over they have to choose between two glass panels there's a ro there's rows of them and there there's one pane that will crackle under the the weight somebody uh, he, under human weight because it's like regular glass and the other stuff is tempered so you can comfortably stand on it actually two people can comfortably stand on one and it won't break so it is kind of a it's a 50 it's a coin flip for, for each person. And so first guy up who sadly made a point of saying, I want to go first and took the one from Jihan um, saying like, I, I haven't been uh, you know forthright my entire life and now I've got to do it. And so he has a very pointed moment where he looks back at Jihan when he realizes what he did to himself. And um, you know, he dies rather quickly and it becomes very tense because at first they're going through you know, one by one. And then we get to the gangster and the gangster is like the head of the line. Everybody else is trying to fit, you know, trying to remember what each each did. Everybody has a different strategy, but they pretty soon all start just trying to follow because they all need to finish within this time. And so again, this is, again, this is showing how even just one disruptive element in a game that is already rigged, like it's basically, there's no easy way to tell the difference between the glass. It's just kind of a guess. Sometimes you get it right, sometimes you don't. Again, the, the metaphors here are as on the nose as they could be, but our gangster decides that, oh, he doesn't know, he doesn't want to make a decision about the next one, and so he says everybody needs to go in front of him, and he's not moving until somebody does. And it's, it's at this point that the that kind of the loudmouth woman that he had scorned and kind of left behind before, it now at this point, uh, she's like, oh, I'll come on and I'll help you. And then she grips him 
and basically says like, I'm here, I'm not here to help you. I'm here to get revenge. And she leans back, crashing through the fake, the fake plane that's next and kills them both. So now the line is cleaned up and people are going through, they're trying to make their best guesses. And now it's down to four. We get down to four um, and it's, it's very tense and everybody's just trying to look and go through. But the, the, four, the player who's up front is a seasoned glass worker. And so he actually is able to tell the difference between the two by looking at them. So he's moving slowly, but he's picking right every time. And time is starting to run down, it's getting tense. And then right as he's looking at the last panel, the front man turns off the lights so he can't tell the difference. Again, the game is rigged because your skills don't matter. And so at this point, and so at this point, uh, you know, he's taking, he's taking too long, especially for Song Wu's taste. And Song Wu, instead of letting him take his time, shoves the guy who then cracks through the last fake panel. And then the, our three finalists all kind of, our well, soon to be finalists, all run through and get to the other side just before the glass explodes upwards. And so all the panels explode. It cuts Ji Wu's face. It cu cuts Sung Wu's face, and then it also it also cuts uh, Sabayuk's face. And, uh, well, cuts her, and she seems and she reacts, but they don't show how it hit her yet, uh, which is saved for the next episode. But at this point, it's very clear. It's very clear one what kind of person Sung Wu is, because this is a decision that the other two players would not make. And it, it's just not something that they would do. And it finally kind of shows this, again, it's emphasizing it over and over again. But, and, but it's also kind of lining up our potential hope because uh, John Ho has, now has a confession and he's on the run, but he's hopefully going to be able to reach the mainland or somebody on the mainland if he can. And then we come to the shortest episode of the show, which is episode eight, which is The Front Man. And it's... And the scene around everybody is very tense because Jihan and Sang Wu basically lay into each other. Uh, you know, they kind of throw out everything they've been holding in to each other because Jihan has kind of been ignoring signs about Sang Wu, but he cannot ignore them anymore. And he's been kind of propping Sang Wu up. It's like, hey, you're the guy that got out of our neighborhood. That's so great. And now he's just like, oh, you're the fucking failure. Like, I hate you. And it's like, how could you possibly do that? And Sang Wu was like, well, you're here too. And, you know, didn't you realize what this game was? And uh, Sabayuk is not looking good. And it's revealed that there's a giant shard of glass from the game she won sticking into her side. And chances are, like, from the looks of it, it is going to kill her. And they're given this very formalized, uh, you know, fancy steak dinner where they can have wine and a bunch and a good meal for the first time and they get to dress up. But then they're just left with a steak knife. And... Jihan is is furious still, uh, you know, keeps giving eyes to Song Wu, and but still notices that Saibayuk is not well and she's not eating all of her dinner. There's very pointed shots. It's actually very great film, you know, filmmaking to be like, okay, hey, here's the plates they're taking away. Men cleared their plate, she didn't. So it's kind of emphasized. So that's 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 what it is. And so it's kind of like, oh, congratulations. But by the way, we're gonna leave you with a steak knife, so you know we can get down to a final game, and one of you can be murdered. And um, Jihan is slowly but surely deciding that he's going to go for Sung Wu, and he moves over to Sabayuk, realizing that she's very that how how wounded she is, 
and realizes how wounded she is and basically says like i'm not here to kill you i'm going to kill him um and i'm going to keep you alive and like you're clearly not well he sees the wound he's just like yeah i'm gonna stick together and just as he's about to approach song Wu, who looks like he's passed you know passed out she begs him he said you know uh somebody begs jihan to not do it because he's not a murderer it's not who he is just don't let song Wu win because she knows where she knows where she's headed so jihan and then she passes out and jihan like starts banging on the door for help and then the door is finally open but they're bringing out like these present boxes that are actually coffins because song Wu has either was faking that he was asleep or has woken up and stabbed her in the throat saying that he was um you know saying that it was a it was mercy basically which is again just not not just another twist of the knife but also just a reveal of how people will paper over their selfish motivations <laughs> with whatever they can and so this is basically kind of the deterioration of the last seeming the seeming deterioration of the last bits of humanity despite jihan like trying desperately to still look out for the one person he still feels affection for and um it doesn't work and then meanwhile john ho is uh is on the run he's got a recording he's trying to upload it to his colleague his, he's got service going in and out and then he's cornered by the front man and his lackeys who are all in black he shoots the front man in the shoulder um and tells and he's, he shoots the front man in the shoulder tells him to take off his mask and then it's revealed to be uh John Ho's brother and his brother takes off his mask and says hey you don't understand this try to join me and then he in turn shoots his brother at basically the same place in the shoulder and the brother you know John Ho falls off a cliff edge into the sea we don't know if his cell phone video got out and it looks like he's dead so that's how that's how this particular episode ends so it opens up again opens up the door with for more questions um but basically for me at least, even if this is, I, I assume at this point that an, another series will get made, but people have talked, and so there's been some talk that the front man is actually going to be the focal point, and I think that's how you can do it, as to how he became this, but also following how, um, how other, how basically other people are trying to get this game stopped, but I think it also, we have, you know, we haven't seen, uh, John Ho, so he might still be alive too, we don't know, so we'll figure, we'll figure that out. And then we finally cut to the last episode, which is called One Lucky Day. And this is where the actual squid game comes into effect. Uh, we were Long ago, we were introduced to the rules of the game. And uh, Jihan is furious. He is just ready to go. They both still have their steak knives. They're both in their suits. And they're in the rain. And it's just, it's very dramatic, very brutal. And uh, Ji Jihan quickly... Um, get, not gains the upper hand, but quickly gains an advantage. Um, you know, he's he's the offensive player, but he quickly becomes, you know, uh, loses his handicap by, you know, throwing dirt into Sangwoo's face, a move he wouldn't have even done, imagined. And so it's very, very difficult. Uh, so it's a very brutal fight. Uh, there's a lot of stabs, a lot of vicious punches, uh, and they're both wounded. Both parties are wounded. And Jihan wins, but he gets to the edge, and he's he's not... He refuses to declare himself the winner, um, and he he recluse, refuses to declare himself the winner, and says that hey, we can still end the game with a majority vote between the two of us, 
and then we'll go home with and we'll go home with no money, but that's okay. And Song Wu apparently would rather die and kills himself, asking Ji Han to take care of his mother. And it's it's just devastating because it's just an indication of what people will hang on to, you know, like it's for, for Sung Woo, his image is more important than his life, which I, you know, I think for some people that's true, but I can't, I personally don't agree with that. And so we quickly take Jihan, who is still furious, still traumatized, you know, he's been traumatized multiple times at this point, and he's dropped back off in Seoul, and he's got a bank card, and he's got all the money on it. Um, but he comes home to discover the mom he wanted to take care of is dead. So he, everything that he fought for, there's no purpose for it anymore. So we cut to a year later, and Jihan is kind of just living an aimless life, uh, but it's made clear that he hasn't touched the prize money. He seems to clearly view it as blood money that isn't worth anything, and he doesn't, he doesn't seem to, he barely seems to want to be alive. He, he, Borrows money off other people. Looks like he's got like it looks like he's homeless, and he's just kind of going through life as a ghost almost, and it's just devastating. And then he gets a card with the you know the squid on it, or like the cards from the the Squid Game on it, saying that it's from his uh, Ganbu, which is which is uh, sh- and uh, which is what the old man referred to him as. And he finds that um, Olil Nam, which is what we found out his name was at the end of that episode six, is alive. Uh, he's on his deathbed, though, and we then reveal how this happened. And Ilnam reveals that he created the he created the game uh, to you know kind of give entertainment to himself. Uh, he used childhood memories to design the games, and that he kind of wanted he he wanted to. He seemingly thought he was like, oh yeah, I'm trying to find like a shed of humanity and all this, but I'm not really finding any of it, which is very telling because. The situ- you know, the circumstances and the way that everything is set up don't really allow for that. So um, he, he points out uh, uh, a homeless man on the street and says, I bet nobody will help this man by the time it's midnight. And uh, if not, take my life. I'll answer all your questions. But if I'm right, then your life is over. And it's, fi- and it's found out that uh, Jihan is that Jihan is right, that Jihan's actual hope in humanity and that this man's, you know, lack of hope in humanity is actually wrong because it's it's not essentially because he seemingly can only imagine things as, as a competition and not just as a as prop people up and help each other. So Jihan now has some extent he wants to kind of like, okay, now that he knows the biggest guilt on his conscience has now been removed because even the choice that he made to... Uh, you know, to trick the old man has been has been removed because that wasn't, you know, technically that was the old man's choice to both be involved and to go along with all of this. He created all of this. So he fulfills his, he fulfills his promise uh, to look after everybody's... Um, he, he fulfills the promises he made to other people. He gets Sabayok's brother looked after by Sangwoo's mom and gives them all the shares of the prize money. And he's on his way to... He's on his way to go to Los Angeles to visit his daughter, where he sees somebody playing the same game he did, which got him recruited. And he is furious. And he notes, 
Um, and he's notes, and they're basically he's furious, and he wants to know who's responsible for this and who's running the game now. And he's told to just leave it alone, get on the plane, don't worry about it. But he can't, and he heads out, hoping to stop the game for forever. And this is where I think a lot of people are like, okay, so the next, if there is a next season, um, this is what they'll focus on is Jihan trying to figure this out. But they've also mentioned that it's the front man. Well, I think the front man is running the show now with all the resources and everything like that. Uh, I'm guessing he was either past the torch. And I, I'm thinking you could do kind of a flashback back and forth between the front man and Jihan as he goes through his efforts. Now, the difficult thing is that Squid Game follows, the, the end of Squid Game follows a very similar format to a lot of firsts, kind of a lot of uh, firsts where it, the, you know, the easy part is the triggering of kind of a revolution or a fight back. The hard part is the revolution itself, and that's where it's gonna be the most interesting to see if that this series can maintain its momentum. Because I think, honestly, I think the writing and everything was so strong that, you know, make it another limited series. Give it as, as many or as few episodes as they want. Don't try to draw it out. Like I said, every episode is very clear. Because this episode in particular is a double extra twist of the knife. Because it's revealed that every choice that was given or moment, that so many of these are false. Like, they're, they're, they were all forced or they were all, you know, it shifts everything. So for instance, like the old man saying, oh, I think I'm gonna go back to the game. That's manipulation. He's putting his finger on the scale in the supposedly fair game. And, you know, pointing out, oh, people always come back. Well, you tricked him into coming back. You kind of forced him. So, so yeah, but there was a very good, uh, for those of you, like I said, the revolution part is the hardest part. Um, this is, because this show bears a lot of sim similarities to the Japanese film Battle Royale, I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure not as many people are aware of Battle Royale 2, which is essentially the, which is essentially, you know, the survivors of the last competition that was shown in the, the original film trying to undo the system that did this and so it's kind of it's very messy it's kind of the same problem that the hunger games movies ran into because it's very easy to have a singular hero taking on a singular evil but it's very difficult to unravel the circumstances that you know <laughs> that make people susceptible to this but on in a related thing i think it is very cool and important to note that there is a generalized strike in south korea last couple days and like general general strike like everybody just kind of out in seoul the streets of seoul and they are wearing the they are wearing costumes from squid game which i think is very telling and i think it's very interesting so i think that's part of why people connect to this show because they're connecting to this kind of uh you know there's kind of an inspiration it's just it's something that'll make you mad and I think that's what it is. And it's, you connect with these characters and you love them and then you have to watch them die and you know it's not fair. And that's kind of what makes even elements to things like the Hunger Games so effective. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, how did Teen Dystopia go off the rails and stuff like that. And I honestly think that there are moments within the Hunger Games that are incredibly effective. Like the death of Rue in the first movie, um, you know, things like that, or the contest of champions, even the, even within concept and catching fire, there's a lot of things that make sense, or even how, you know, Katniss is used as propaganda in later films, there's a lot of interesting things, so I'm very curious to see where the series goes, but even if this is it, I really like it, even if it's just a spark to real-life revolution, real-life strikes and real-life, you know, political action, 
I'm all for it. So that's those are my thoughts and my kind of breakdown of Squid Game. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time, everybody. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.